We are live. Look at that. Brad Wire, what's up, man? It's good to talk to you. Yeah, it's good to see your face. Yeah, um, right. I, this is like really the first time we've actually talked, talked. Uh, yeah. We Twitter DM all the time, but um, we've written that Unsung Heroes article together, but this is the really the first time that we've physically sat down, talked face to face. Yeah. Face to face. Yeah, right. Exactly. Face to face. I know. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in Southern California, Huntington Beach, uh, about to be about to be in Long Beach. Where are you at, man? I am in uh we'll call it KC Mo, Kansas City. Um yeah, I'm yeah. in little suburb independence. I think that's one of the biggest suburbs of Kansas City, but I'm originally from Wisconsin, moved down here to be with my girlfriend. So taking it day by day and this is just another weird step. Hell yeah. Well, here we are doing Unsung Heroes live streaming on YouTube, on Twitter, through Periscope. And we'll probably record this as a podcast too and make a new podcast for it because that's the thing to do now, right? We got to, you can't just listen to us talk. You can't just read our, our words on paper, uh, on virtual paper. You need to see our face. And, and you know, I, I think we got two good looking guys right here. And so might as well let the people see us and hear what we have to say live and in person. Yeah. My girlfriend tells me I'm handsome. And, uh, you know, as, as Jack says, we're, we're going live from our mom's basement. So we're doing let's it live. Do it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hit this intro video and uh, let's get started. And we're back. What's going on? I'm Tommy Mo, and this is Unsung Heroes. With me is Brad Wire. You can find him on Twitter at BradWireFF and myself on Twitter at 2on1FFB. Make sure you go out, you follow both of us, as well as the crew at The Undroppables, at The Undroppables on Twitter, on Instagram, on our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button because you're going to get a bunch of amazing quality content to you for free at an all-inclusive price because we don't want to charge you. We just want to give you all the great info and all of our knowledge to help you win your fantasy football leagues because that's what we're about here at The Undroppables, making you a winner because it sucks to suck, as my man Chalk says. And like Terminator says, too, we're always in contention. So why not roll with the Undroppables crew, bringing you another new great podcast? Like we said earlier, it's not just about reading what we have to say. This great article that Brad Wire puts together every week that I help him out with called Unsung Heroes. And you might ask, what is an unsung hero? Well, it's someone who does great deeds, but gets little to no recognition for them. And in football... The linemen who battle in the trenches are the unsung heroes that make the biggest impact in the game. The spoiler's out. The secret's out. Everyone can give you all the analytics, all the data, all the stats. They can tell you, you know, look at adjusted uh, 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 air yards, look at whatever. But what's really going to set you apart is knowing the O-line, D-line matchups. That's the secret to this game, people. I'm here to tell you that. Brad's here to tell you that. The secret to the game is the knowing who has a good matchup and who has a bad matchup because that's going to make the difference, right? And it's not just about, oh, this O-line's good. No, it's this O-line is really good, so they're going to smash on the other team, so that running back is going to have a great game. And conversely, if the O-line sucks and they're going up against a great defensive line, watch out 
I would not be starting those running backs, those quarterbacks that week because it's not going to be good, or at least it's not likely to be good. So we're here, like I said, myself and Brad Wire, we're here to give you that knowledge. And before we get to it, let's get a little bit of the backstory, why we're here to talk to you about O-line and defense alignment. What makes us the authority? What's the backstory behind this dynamic duo that we got here today? And while we kick it, start to my, my, my boy Brad, why don't you let us know why you are the authority for the undroppables on offensive lines? Well, you know, uh, everyone at the undroppables always does this. It's, it's for the love of the game. That's why you, you know, why, that's why you play at the next level of college. That's why I play D3. It's, it's for the love of the game. You, you just want to keep doing it and keep getting involved. And this is, this is why we do what we do. Um, I played O-line for 14 years total, um, fourth grade to super senior year of college. And it's just been something that I've always done. Um, and when Jax found me in my mullet on Twitter, uh, we just dove into this thing head first. Um, you can check out all my work on the indroppables.com. There's the O-line rankings that I do every week try to do every week it's it's such a mess trying to find out but who, who else hurt who else like, does it i don't know anyone else that does it no i don't yeah, i haven't seen exclusive anything else rankings it. exclusive rankings by brad pretty much you know uh you see pff do them at the beginning of the year but these i, I try to do um as often as i can like i said it's it's it is sometimes it is a, such a bitch to get <laughs> news about uh lake and tomlinson like who cares about Lake and Tomlinson? I care about Lake and Tomlinson. So <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Um, you know, so uh, it's it's like I said, it's all for the love of the game, um, and that's what that's what we're here for. So yeah, pass that we, pass that savings on to you. You know, and we care. That's what the undroppable is about too. We care. We care about your fantasy teams. There's some other analysts out there that might not care, but we care. We want you to win, just because we love to win. Not for any other reason. And so I, I love when, when you know, I saw, Brad, that you were doing the, the O-line rankings. I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was a great way to stand out, be different in this community. And, and frankly, I was just like, man, I, I got I to gotta jump on board. You know, I got to help you out any way I can because I wanted to. You know, I wanted to, like, ride your coattails with this great idea. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do D-line, you know. So, you know, I, if, if you haven't listened to the two-on-one podcast before, um, and, and heard me, you know, just talk about myself, like for, for hours on end, um, you know, I, I played defensive line, you know, like you, like my whole life, you know, that I, there was one point in, in, in my freshman year of high school that I almost had a chance to be a fullback. And like, I tried out for fullback. <laughs> I was working out with the fullbacks and I, and I thought I was going to get it, you know, because I was like in pop Warner, I was always online D line. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm going to change my <laughs> destiny and I'm going to be a fullback. And it was going well, right? And, and all through camp. And then like two weeks before the season, they're like, hey, man, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're all right, but I think you'd probably be a better O-line man. And I was like, fuck, here we go again. And, <laughs> you know, I just got stuck there and, and did well in high school, was all league as an offensive lineman, even though I played both ways. And, and then college, it, it was all D-line because that, yep. you know, I'm only 5'10". I'm not a big dude. I mean, I'm not a big dude, but I'm not a tall guy, <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to – it just didn't work out to play O-line. I didn't really want to. I, I really had the passion for defensive line, 
and and played all through college uh, got to be all conference and and then coached a little bit too in in the pop Warner levels being a defensive line a defensive coordinator so so for me like you it's it's a passion it's um you know it, it's not just about um I mean, we love fancy football, right? But it's 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 the love of the game. It's the love of the X's and O's of what goes on in the trenches, the battle in the trenches. And, you know, I think guys like you and I that have fought in those trenches, you know, there, there's a brotherhood there, even though we're on the other side of the field. We uh, there, There's something that we know that, you know, might give people a little bit of edge, you know, that might be a little bit different than, than your average fancy football analyst. Yeah. And you know what? Isn't that always the big man's dream is to play fullback? Always. <laughs> we don't want to be a quarterback or a wide receiver. No. It's, it's it's a fullback for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll still block. Yeah. I just want to run. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to get the ball like maybe once a game. Maybe. That, yeah. That's about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I, Alec Engel yeah. would be, you know, like that'd oh, be amazing. God. That'd be the dream job. <laughs> um, <laughs> My uh, my favorite player on on my our college team was the fullback. He was uh, he's actually part of my password. He, I called him G Money, nice. and um, that's part of my don't steal my password. But that's part of my password. <laughs> um, G Money. I, what's, you your your rest, maiden, right? what's your mother's maiden name? What street did you grow up on? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I kind of had the same path. My freshman year, uh, I had a, a coach that uh, was also a teacher that I was really fond of, and he uh, he put me at running back for like four plays. I truck sticked a linebacker who was yes. like sixty pounds less than I was. Yes, <laughs> and um, got to the goal line and I fumbled, and that was the end of that. So <laughs> I kind of shit the bed there, but uh, Damn I got I got my I got my glory. Uh, <laughs> And you know, uh, you're talking about you playing both ways. It's it's always defensive line is always more fun. Um, it's just the way it is. Um, offensive line, you're you're moving somebody against their will. What I mean, I was just always better than that, better yeah. at that than D line. So that's where I went into. And then after college, yeah, I I coached a little bit at a high school level. Um, I was hired on as an offensive line assistant, so I wasn't even the offensive line head coach. Um, and I was basically the translator for the regular offensive line coach because he was so bad <laughs> that I had to translate what his thoughts were into the actual words. Yeah. Um, and then that all went down the shitter. Um, and when you say that in my mind, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, um, oh, God, what was the movie with Adam Sandler um, where he's the football player? Uh, shit. Longest um, Yard? No, no, no. God, the, where he's Bobby Boucher. Where he's the – Oh, uh, Waterboy? Water boy, and I, and I always think of the fucking uh, special teams coach, you know, like the, the Creole dude, you can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was bad. Um, yeah, but it was, uh, I had fun. I got it, it's again, it's it's love the game. Um, yeah. I think I got paid like 35 cents an hour or something like that for it just because so they could pay me. Yep. Um, but it's it was just fun. Um, yeah. It, it, you love it. You when you play the game that long, and you and you get the opportunity to play at the college level, uh, at, at any college level, you know. And I think there's a lot of like athletes and, and even just kids out there that like are so hung up on like going D one and being D one. And you know, if I if I don't go D one, it's a total waste. But that's so untrue, you know. And I went to a D two school. You went to D three school, and I guarantee, like, 
the the competition and the football you're playing is at such a high level and it, and it is good competition you're not playing against scrubs you know because i think we did a twitter poll last year and and we found that like only like 10 percent, maybe 10 percent of the community actually played at the college level you know so you're still playing at a relatively elite level just to be able to play in college and i think you know getting to that level uh spending your whole life you know striving to to that goal um it, it, it sets you apart because you you see things a little bit differently yeah it's not the pro level but but it's still the same you know you're you're still yeah. doing it um you're, you're still going to the same type of film review the same type of schedule you know with practice and then you know having to go to school um and, and so you know i think that that's what we we try to do in our article you know is really bring some of that insider knowledge and some of that experience of like why these guys are actually going to be a little bit good, right? Because anyone can also look at the stats, look at, you know, ESPN's, you know, sacks and whatever and see who's those guys that are up in the charts and leading those rankings. But, um, you know, what, trying to get those those little bit of nuggets, those free nuggets I always talked about on my podcast yeah. about about what's really going to set those, uh, those defense alignment apart. And so, you know, every week, if you, if, you know, if you're out there and you haven't, um, you haven't read Unsung Heroes. It's a great weekly article. Brad puts together the majority of it. He does an awesome job with it, and and it's every week and it, it's it's going through those matchups. It's taking a look at um, not just what's upcoming this week, but you know for the future. It's looking back at you know what were our calls, how how good were we at making those calls from the previous yeah. week. So you know trying to have a little bit of that accountability there, and and not just like make calls, but like actually look yeah. back on what we're saying. And so. You know, I think that's a great place for us to start this week, Brad, um, is looking at a little bit of recap of last week and, and who we talked yeah. about last week. So why don't you kick us off with that? Yeah, of course. Um, so last week I just did a little Twitter thread. I think Tommy was out. Um, in hiking, the, baby. Out hiking. <laughs> and um, so I, I kind of took that onto, onto Twitter a little bit because uh, I didn't want to do the full thing without him. So. Um, I just did some online advantages last week, and it was a little late. But so one of the the first one was uh, the Panthers. They got Russell Okung, Okung back. I don't know how to fully pronounce Okung. it. Russell Okung. Okung, I think. Yeah. Um, he returned for the first time since playing at week seven. Um, they didn't allow a sack last week. They were playing the Vikings. Obviously, they suck. But um, they, uh, I, I, t- I said that Teddy. Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater would have some time to throw, and he, he did. Not very good. Um, you know, DJ Moore, he missed DJ Moore twice, and that killed God, me DJ inside. Moore hurt, dude. I was so um, um, so I mean, in Mike Davis, Mike Davis had an okay game. Um, they were kind of uh it, it seemed like they they weren't using him the way that they did before. Um I don't, I don't know what that was, but it's and it seemed like there's a big rotation too, right? Yeah. It wasn't just they, Mike Davis. And 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 before Mike Davis went to CMC, like of course it's CMC, so you're gonna right. you know use him as a bell cow type and give him the lion's share of the carries. But we and then we did see that with Mike Davis, and then last week it just it was different. And I don't I don't really know why it seemed to like really throw off the yeah. momentum uh, of the team. Yeah, they threw Trent Cannon in there. I think he had two carries. Um, he he had he had some good yardage. I think he had like seven and a half yards for his two carries or average. Um, but either way, I mean, I'm just dead inside from, from the DJ Morris <laughs> stuff. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to move uh-huh. on. Um, you know, in the, 
the Browns have been one of my one of my best calls, I think, for me. Um, I had them top three at the beginning of the year because of what they did with uh, Conklin and um, Jedrick Wills in the draft. Their interior is, is solid and, and has been all year. Um, but they were one of my calls last week with Wyatt Teller coming back. And, you, and you know, that's that's one of the nuggets that Tommy was talking about. Is it is it Was it Nick Chubb returning or was it Wyatt Teller returning? Yeah, um, well, was and, it? And, and I obviously it was a little bit of both, but what I, what I detailed on that is, is Wyatt Teller brings another um, – he brings an aggression to to that Browns group that they, they lacked without it with, with when Chris Hubbard was in there. Um, so him returning lit a fire into them and Nick Chubb doing what Nick Chubb does because he runs so damn hard. Um, you want to you block just that much more when you got a back that's doing what he does. Yep. Um, Busting off those twenty-yard runs, he's still the number one in in, in twenty-yard-plus runs this year. Um, and it, with the uh, the injury to Corey Lindsley for the Packers, actually has me bumping them up to number one in my rankings this week. They're, they're not completed yet, so don't don't chastise me for going out and Packers are still being number one. But the, when they get updated this week, they'll Browns will be bumped up. Um, and um, yeah, because right think, now you have you have Packers one and Browns yeah, two. Yeah. I'm looking at your rankings right now. And also go out and check out Brad's rankings. They're on our website, theundroppables.com, backslash rankings, backslash offense dash line. They are a phenomenal. Sorry to interrupt you, Brad. Okay. I just no. want to plug your shit, you know. I'll take the hype. Yeah, yeah. Plug <laughs> your shit. I'm not gonna ever say that term ever again. That's a terrible, <laughs> a terrible term. I'll, I'll I'll save my thought for, for not on the air. Um, the, the thing, the Wyatt Teller, um, he's, he, we're going to do something later that I'll feature him on as well, but what the thing that he hasn't done well is, is this year's pass block and they, they gave up two sacks last week against Jacksonville. Um, I say two sacks, one of them, I don't think technically should have been a sack, but the first one was on the first offensive play for the Browns that they had and he got beat, um, miles Jack ended up coming late on the outside and Fred Smoot was lined up over, uh, Conklin. So he had to wide set, and uh, Fred Smoot hit this. I don't, I don't know if it's Fred Smoot or not. He's a defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jaguars, either way. Um, he hit a rip move just as soon as Teller went to punch, and he was in Baker's face just right as the play happened, right as he set up. Um, uh-huh. Baker's statue ass sitting back there and getting taken down. Um, the second one, um, Wyatt Teller, he – it, it seemed like he was standing up, not actually like in a, a real pass set. And he got strong armed, pretty good bull rush right into Baker's lap. And Baker scrambled out. He could have flipped it because, you know, that's what a normal quarterback does. But he tried to gain a yard and he ran out of bounds um, right at the marker. And they counted that as a sack. So, like I said, I don't really count that as a sack. But obviously, we all know what Nick Chubb did last week. So, great. Um, honestly, boner alert. <laughs> um, and you know, like that too, like that analysis too, right? Like, I feel like that comes from, from years of watching film and not watching film, how regular, I'm not talking shit and there's zero people watching. So I can talk shit right now. They're uh, <laughs> fantasy football analysts watch film, you know, and, and they go back through game pass and watch the, the replay. It's watching film, like someone that is getting graded and and has to look at each position and based not just look at 
was the play successful, but did they do what they were supposed to do? And I think like that analysis that you broke down is is really great and indicative of that too. And then that's what we're gonna try to bring you here with Unsung Heroes is not just like, oh, he got sacked, but why he got sacked and what was supposed to happen and what should have happened, you know? And, and that's, uh, you know, I just, I wanna interject a little bit just because yeah. like, you know, I, I feel like this podcast too, this first episode is introducing people to us. It's giving them a little bit of like, not just what our thoughts are, but what you're, what you do, you should expect to see, what you should expect to hear, and the type of analysis that you're going to get by listening to myself and Brad. And it's not just your normal fancy football analysis takes because we're we're looking at other stuff that other people typically aren't looking at, you know. And so, yeah, um, yeah boner alert too with the Browns with Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt back there running on full cylinders. Um, how you have them ranked right now, uh, moving up to number one. I mean, they're there and this too and, and i love how brad breaks this down in his rankings too because he has his overall rankings but then he also breaks it down between his uh, the pass blocking rankings and the rushing rankings too because and it's something that him and i talked about off air before this is like you can have a good offensive line and and we might talk about it a little bit later but like the indianapolis colts for example you they're a good offensive line uh, around you know across the board but they're shit when it comes to rush blocking this year. You know, their their pass blocking is great. Their run blocking sucks ass, and and that's like, you know, obviously affecting my one of my favorite prospects, Jonathan Taylor, and, and just the run game in general. So you know, Brad's gonna break it down between those pass blocking, the run blocking, and and again, that's gonna feed into you know your starts and sits for each week based off of. You know, not just like, is it a good matchup for the team, but like specifically like for the quarterback, is that a good matchup because their pass blocking sucks and they're going up against one of the best pass rushing teams like the Steelers, for example, in the league, and that's going to mess them up. Yep. And, um, in, you know, I I had something here, but I, I lost it. So my um, bad. That's my fault. I blame Tommy, myself. We're, we're still figuring this whole thing out, you know. <laughs> I got to I gotta have a notepad on here because I know I, I guess – uh, you know, I, I'm sure I get to rambling too. So you might have a thought that you got to write down and save for five minutes later because I, I talking out of my ass, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, don't worry. I, I'm going to plug your shit. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my, my last, my last, uh, advantage last weekend, I think a lot of people, um, had this kind of similar thought process. The Falcons suck. Suck. And, um, but guess who sucks more? <laughs> you know, last week, like like I said, any given Sunday. Um, th- but damn, I did not think that uh, that uh, who who's the Falcons? Who is the Fal- Dan Quinn? I did not think Dan Quinn getting fired would bring that much firepower to that Falcons defense. Um, you know, and uh, their game plan. Their game plan was just not there. I don't know what they were doing, um, but uh, you know, from the jump, that whole the 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 Raiders line was not what it was. I think part of it was um, part of it was Sam Young is out, and Brandon Parker had to start it right. No, Colton Miller was out. Yes, and Colton Sam Young had to start at left tackle. Brandon yes. Parker had to start at right tackle. Brandon yes. Parker is not good. No, um, he is a uh, he's a he's a fourth string for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he got bullied, but the first sack that they gave up actually was um, it was a backside play action pass, and they left um, 
Foyasad Olukun. I, I know I botched the hell out of that. Yeah, um, your, your guess is as good as mine. Um, I tried to listen to some pronunciations before this, but I still botched it. Um, so he, they left him alone with Darren Waller on the backside of the play action. As soon as Derek Carr turned around, you saw um, him lose the ball. So obviously that's not – It's just that's just bad game plan. Um, just, you can't always predict that thing. Sometimes there's a perfect defensive call, but um, it seemed like the Raiders – offense just had the worst call at the worst time all the time. Um, And so going back to Brandon Parker, um, there was a, there was a play there right before the end of the half um, where they were actually getting a drive. They just hit a 15 yard pass to Brandon, Brian Edwards, Um, Brandon Parker just blows it. Um, He, he uh, gets beat. Pretty much off the jump, he set, tried to punch, gets ripped, and fumble happens. And I think that is when it was thirteen to three at that point. Falcons were up, and they had a chance to score to keep it close at halftime. And I think that one was uh, the last, the last ditch effort. Um, they kind of let their air out of their lungs, and, and you know, I'm I can see Tommy's getting a little irritated here. So. I mean, um, you're, not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. As a Raider fan, and you know, I, I'm yeah. a big Raider fan. You're not wrong. So, like, I I can't like really be that upset about it. Um, I, I'm liking what you're hearing though, because what you see, um, what you see for the masses is they always blame on Derek Carr. You know, yeah. and and yes, he needs to hold on to the ball better. But like you're laying down, like yeah. it's an issue with Brandon Parker sucking ass. And, yeah. and and that's no matter what. And that, again, this is what we're trying to show. You know, this is what we're trying to to, to put out there is, is you could have the best quarterback in the league. You know, you could you could have Patrick Mahomes, but if his guys aren't going to block for him, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and you know, that's that's how you get to, to see Philip Rivers show off his noodle arm because the Colts are so damn good at pass blocking. Yeah. You know, we, we wouldn't get to see Philip Rivers noodle arm if the Colts sucked ass at pass blocking like they do at run. Yep, um, that's true. You know, one, th- one good thing for the Raiders, though, is that uh, Trent Brown, he got activated off the COVID list. Uh, earlier this morning, he also tweeted that he's sick as hell, so I don't know why they even activated him. Um, I don't. I know um, he's been one of the most frustrating players for Chucky, but what, what are your thoughts? Do you share those sentiments, Tommy? Trent Brown? Oh, I mean... A healthy Trent Brown is an amazing Trent Brown. And, and and it was one of the better signings that the Raiders did last year was bringing him in, bringing veteran presence on the right side of the offensive line. He, he's a good pass blocker. He does have his moments, you know, but he's a great run blocker. And, he, yeah. and he's a great – he's definitely a hell of a lot of better than who's been playing right tackle for them yeah. lately. And that's been a problem. And – and, and, yeah, I mean, when the offensive line is healthy with any team, but especially the Raiders, um, they're they're pretty damn good. I mean, you had them – I forgot what PFF had them ranked coming into the season, but you still have them at fourth overall, and I, I really agree yeah. with that. You know, but it – well, I am sure your rankings will I'll, update. I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll based to, on what's going on. 
It's I'll just change that a little bit. Colton Miller has turned out to be one of the better left tackles yep. in the league. Um, the 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 middle of the offensive line is super solid, especially with Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. When Richie Incognito was there too, then that was even better. And so adding Trent Brown as that final piece and the offensive line is formidable. It's created these lanes for Josh Jacobs. Why he's been so good. He's a great running back, but why he's been so good has been because of that offensive line. And without Trent Brown, it's been it we're struggling i mean i don't want to yeah. say we because i don't fucking play for the raiders and i hate when people yeah. say we but like yes they've been struggling without Trent brown um you know and, and i think part of that um i i can't i don't blame it all on Trent brown um because denzel good their their original placement for uh Trent brown has been has been good um yeah. the problem was then when um incognito went down and John John Simpson wasn't ready for the NFL. He he he's he's a prototypical John Gruden O lineman. Um big bodied, good in the run game, okay in the pass game. That's why he plays guard. That he, you play guard because you're not good in the pass game always. Um not good on an island I should say. Um but when Denzel Good had to get bumped into that left guard spot because John Simpson wasn't playing up to John Gruden's standards, that's when all shit went downhill at the right tackle spot, um, yeah. which sucks. Um, you know, and and I feel for Chucky. I feel for Josh Jacobs because um, I, I I have my my one Josh Jacobs share left is on my redraft team, and it's kind of shit in the bed for me now because I also have Kamara, and Oof. it's just did depressing. You, did you pick up Devontae Booker? Uh, no, no, I do not trust Devontae Booker. I don't want to get burned like Brian Hill last week. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and if you watched my fleets, and I know some of our team hates watching fleets, <laughs> I don't know if you watch my fleets, but I, I mean, if I agree, I, I do not want to start Devontae Booker. I just want to pick him up so the other guy can't start Devontae Booker. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah, no, no, don't pick him up. Start him against me. I'll I'll take the three point four points that he gets here. <laughs> um, you know, that's I'm looking forward to that. I need I need that because Kamara is only getting eight point six. So yeah, I, I saw that comment by uh, term Randall Kennedy, who's who's next. Yeah, I I, I don't have a. There it is. We're not. <laughs> we make fun of uh, we make fun of all the guys in the unscripted pod because because you know the term's beard is big enough that it covers yep. his neck. Um, you know, Beezy's got the chins. Um, I don't know what's going on with Paulie to be honest. <laughs> It seems like it seems like none of the undroppables have necks. So yeah. we uh, like like the like the, the group TLC back in the day uh, like to joke that they were the titty less crew. Uh, we are the no net crew over here on the undroppables. Um, I don't want to speak for everybody, but definitely uh, this this dynamic duo right here and, and unscripted. Yeah, we're, we're definitely uh, the thick necks over here. So, um, you know, this is our first time on on uh on stream yard and and and, <laughs> and uh and streaming on periscope and youtube so i'm just uh seeing everybody's comments here and, and thanks everyone for jumping in leaving some comments um, yeah i am i'm bad at getting to those um gemo i think i'm pronouncing that right gemo the icon yep um I, it's probably wrong yeah i i believe Jax has a neck um yes i think i, I think so yes yeah <laughs> yeah, let's, let's pop that one up there. Yeah, Jax does have a neck. Um, Jax is a cheater though, because Jax uh, Jax played quarterback, so 
you know, he he better still have a neck. Um, he, he definitely was a little bit more of a skill position than than either of us were. Um, you know, even despite the the one rush yard that you got and uh, the the short stints that I had at fullback. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's crazy because you know. Um, we have a really good group here at the Droppables. You know, we, we try to provide a lot of different content, people that are coming from a lot of different walks of life, a lot of different points of view on fantasy po- football, a lot of different minds. And, and again, with Unsung Heroes, trying to bring you a little bit of an edge because that is definitely what you need in fantasy football to set yourself apart from the masses and win is, is to get those edges. And so that's, again, what we're trying to really trying to promote here at Unsung Heroes um, is, is a little bit of a different take than your average fantasy football analyst. And so, you know, so Brad, where, where are we at? Is that uh is that most of our, yeah, that, that was, that was a recap from last week. From last week. I'll, I'll save you your feelings for the Raiders. Um, we'll, Man. Just, we'll put that to bed just like Derek Carr was put to bed last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> that was good. That was a good one. Uh, I will say, and and again, I said I said in my fleet uh, on Twitter, and I still I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about fleets, but you know, when it comes to Devontae Booker, um, especially, but just the Raiders in general, the, this is a must-win game for the Raiders. I listened to a couple of other Raiders podcasts, State of the Nation by uh, with Dick Tafer and Ted Nguyen, um, and Jimmy Durkin, and you know, they're they're guys that cover cover the Raiders, you know, for. Um, for various magazines and, um, and newspapers. And so, you know, it, it, it's a must win. If they, it's a great matchup, you know, they should win um, because it's Adam Gase and he's the worst fucking coach ever. And and I love Sam Darnold and, and, and Denzel Mims. It's like fucking Denzel Mims week here at the Unjoppables. We all, we all love Denzel, but um, the Raiders need to win and they really need to win or else it's, it, you might as well just start fucking tanking for a better draft position. But if they're going to win, they need to run the ball. They need to run the ball effectively yeah. and they need to run the ball consistently and then let Derek do his thing. Um, because if they're one side, if they're, if they're a one, uh, if they're all pass or all, or all, well, if they're just all pass, um, you know, as much as I love DC, he, he's not that guy. He's not, no. he, he's, he's not, not Mahomes. Home. Nope. Exactly. Um, he's not Josh out. He's, you know, he's not going to lead your team with just running the ball and taking control. He needs to mix it up. And, and, you know, as much as I like him, that's, that's definitely his shortcoming. So yep. he, he's got to do something they, they need to get Booker the ball and mix it up with Jalen Richard also. Yeah. I'm just glad they haven't turned to Mariota at this point. Cause Mariota is not the answer either. No, um, no. And I'd laugh because people were like, Oh, Mariota is going to take Derek Carr's job in the off season. And I was just like, yeah, right. Like it's, as much no. as I love Marcus being the Samoan, he's Samoan, you know, like it's it's not um, – I can't even homer on that yeah. guy that hard. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, and, and Derek Carr has taken – what is this is his third season right now with, with Chucky, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I was That's what I did the peace sign for earlier. I was saying bye to Gemma. Um, yeah, peace Gemma. Um, He's taken this is it's taken three years to get to know Chucky's offense, and yep. Mariota hasn't had that anyway. Yep. So it wouldn't that the argument is it's invalid, um, yeah. to me. So, um, with that, I think we should get this thing moving on a little bit here. Um, yeah, let's do we it. Got, we, got, we got something saved for the end, but we'll get into what our article normally does is, is our offensive line and defensive line advantages for this week. Now, um, Tommy and I will kind of trade back and forth a little bit here. He'll do. I'll do one, and he'll do one, um, so we can not ramble on for for <laughs> hours and hours and hours and keep you here. So, um, 
my first one was uh, the Tennessee Titans against uh, Cleveland Browns. Now, both of these groups up front um, for offensive linemen have have an advantage. Um, Tennessee and Cleveland both are not good against the run, so we're going to see another smash game from Henry and from Chubb here. If one offense can pull out in front, um, I, I they the other will still lean on their running backs. Um, they're not a, if we get down, we're going to stop running the ball type groups. Um, that's not who Kevin Stefanski is. That's not uh, the group that uh, Rabel leads. So either way, this is a smash game for both of them. Um, I thought that the Titans would miss Taylor Lewan a lot more than they actually do. But yeah. Tyson Brylo has stepped, stepped up. up nicely, but he is out too. So Scott Questenberry, the, the third string left tackle, I, he's, I think he's normally a guard. But but that's also good for their run blocking is, is because he's normally a guard. He's not always the best at pass, blow, pass pro. Sorry, um, He's kept their, their run game stable. Um, and part of that, I believe, is, is their center Ben Jones is, is one of the most underrated players on the offensive line across the league. Um, he, he is, he's, he's solid. He's just as good as Jason Kelsey. Um, he just doesn't get the recognition that Kelsey does because he doesn't play in, in a big, big time city that Philadelphia is. Um, so I, I think both of them will have a smash game and it, it's easy to throw them in your starting lineup. Obviously you're starting them anyway, but, um, expect a smash game, especially in like DFS games. That's yeah part of what this else is supposed to be. So with uh, <clears throat> with Questenberry starting um, over Luan, I mean, does it does it worry you at all uh, about the path game at all with you know uh, with AJ Brown, Joe New, or you know Corey Davis getting targets um, versus you know it sounds like you're not as worried about the run game um, you know with him being there. So their their pass game is is kind of similar to the Rams and and San Francisco mm-hmm. where a lot of their stuff goes on i'll just ramble here for a little bit um a lot of their stuff goes off of play action um where it's easy for them to it's easy for them to neutralize um the faults of their third string left tackle so yeah you get you get matt tan matt Tannehill, ryan Tannehill out of the pocket on the move going away from that left tackle spot is and that's what we've seen Corey davis on those crossers and get hit and that's where he's been targeted this year and that's where AJ Brown has has been feasting. Um, you saw that kind of on on his touchdown beast mode play last week. Um, so that's why I'm not so much worried about that either. Yeah, uh, they they dropped a little bit in my in my rankings. Their the rankings are it's it's such it's so hard to do that because of you don't know how injuries are going to affect and, and how good they're going to gel. But um, they're one of the ones that I have moving up this week as well, and. You know, that's the good thing about the schemes of these teams is that they they kind of scheme out the faults. Yeah. So that's that's one of the good things with the Titans. And then on the flip side with the Browns, um, I guess yeah. Any any concern? um, You know, the the Tennessee Titans aren't aren't crushing it. You know, as a as a defensive line unit, uh, but they still are top fifteen. And adjusted yeah. line yards for for a defensive line, and so, so um, do you think it'll just be more of a battle, um, or or is there going to be any um, 
yeah, any any concern there with with their running game? So I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of concern there with the running game. Um, see, the, the thing that one of if, if we're still doing favorite matchups here, what I would say is is uh, Simmons, the defensive lineman for uh, for Tennessee. I think his matchup with Wyatt Teller is going to be really telling you, pun intended, of this game. Um, if he can disrupt it, he, he's he's shown he can be disruptive. Um, but I don't think as much in the run game because they're just so dominant in the run game. Uh, yeah. In the pass game, that might be a lot more effective than in weeks past. We might get to see um, the faults come out a lot more than than what they have been. So that's what I'm. That's my only hesitation. That's why I led with the Tennessee Titans as yeah. the actual advantage. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm loving uh, that that another smash game for for Derrick Henry. I, I think um, you know this is uh, before Derrick Henry fully broke out. You know, season wide last year, Derrick Henry was always on my list. Him and Robbie Anderson were on my list. Um, so that was what for 2018, 2017 for guys that you want to pick up um, and, and and definitely start in the month of December. Cause that's when they're really starting to get going, yeah. you know, and, and those earlier years, they definitely struggled early on where um, either some people dropped them. I believe it was like 2017 or 2018. Definitely. He was like available to pick up or you could trade for them because they were, they were just that frustrating. They weren't really yeah. doing it all year. And then once December hit, it was boom. But now, yeah. especially last year and this year, especially this year, now we're getting rolling right into those, those December, those December, uh, that Dece- uh, those December games, you know, weeks thirteen through sixteen, where I mean the matchups for Derrick Henry are amazing, and, and this one, yeah. like on paper, um, overall, I think like uh, I think like Yahoo and ESPN don't have them as like an oh, it's an amazing matchup, but but yeah, as in the saying, in the green, right, exactly. But as you're saying, and you're we're looking at from the offensive defensive line standpoint, it's still going to be a pretty damn good game for Derrick Henry. And yep. uh, yeah, definitely DFS start, and, and and I have them on my my home redraft league, so I'm I'm so ready for this. Um, one of the other things, though, too. Well, first of all, let me take a second here to pause. I know Dan is getting a little impatient here. Hey, Owl, A W L. So I'll give you a quick shout out there. Um, but so one of the other things, though, that I was going to mention is that Miles Garrett just got activated off the COVID list as well, just like kind of like Trent Brown. Um, he says, as Tommy pointed out before that we started recording that he says that he's okay. He doesn't think he'll be able to drop off in, in play time, but you don't know that until you actually start playing. Yep. You don't know how your lungs are going to be until you actually put on the pads and, yep. and start to feel that game speed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole different thing. You know, he wasn't out for very long, but it doesn't take long to lose that, um, to lose your, your lungs. I don't endurance, whatever you want to yeah. call it, football yeah. endurance. Um, so, and game speed is way different than anything else, yep. right? Like it's it's a whole different thing. Your 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 adrenaline's up too. Your 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 wind goes fast, and uh, at this point in the season, you're hoping that you know your your endurance is there, your conditioning is there, and and you're able to push through, especially in those later quarters at this point in the season. And yeah, to come off uh, COVID, and, um, and and I think by what I read too was that not only is he like quote okay now. But that when he was sick, it was kicking his ass, yeah. and it was really bad. And and I forgot the um, the the study they did earlier this uh, this summer. Um, gosh, I can't remember what college it was, but they like tested like all these uh, college football players that had COVID, and it was like like 
I think it was like uh, 60% of them saw like a minimum of like a 10% reduction in lung function. Um, and, and I feel so, like that was one of the schools in the South. I can't remember which yeah, one it was. I don't know if it was uh, uh, Ole Miss or LSU. Maybe. Uh, it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely one of those. One of uh, yeah. And, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, he says he's fine, but right. We're going to have to see. Right. And, and, and I would guarantee early on in that game, especially he's going to feel it and he's not really yeah. going to be at the same miles Garrett level that he has always yeah. been. Yeah. And we, and we saw what Jacksonville did last week. We saw what James Robinson did last week. So you, you put Derek Henry Rhino in there. It's going to be, exponential effect um mm-hmm. so uh, the term calls it you were talking about it fantasy santas um that's what that's what derrick henry is and he um i was a little hesitant on his on his games before week 13 partially because of the matchup but he killed it in i mean baltimore game last week was because of some injuries up front so um it's just what derrick henry does so yeah. um <clears throat> What who who do you have as your first defensive line advantage for this week, Tommy? Yeah, um, and, and we touched on touched on the Falcons a little bit already. Um, <laughs> while Brad shat on my my Raiders, um, but you know it 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 was deserved. It's all good it. fun. It yeah, was yeah. it was deserved. Fuck them for playing so bad <laughs> when they were on a decent roll. Um, yeah, but but it, it's not an advantage for the Falcons because I I would never do that. The Falcons' defense line is is not really much, or yeah. if anything, Besides this year. Grady Jarrett, Grady Jarrett's yeah. always, always always the man. But right, but you can't yeah. do it by yourself. You know, no, like we, no. we look at Cleo Mack at, at the Bears. You know, he yep. he can't do it by himself, and he can, but, he can, he can affect games, but he can't win you games by himself. Right, which is why the Raiders traded him away, got a bunch of draft picks, and, and freed up a bunch of cap space. I will still uh, <laughs> say and live and die by that was the best trade ever, even though it hurt my heart so bad the day that Khalil Mack was traded because he was slash is my favorite player. We wear the same football number, and it was tough. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Um, defense line matchup, favorite one for me this week is the New Orleans Saints versus the Atlanta Falcons. And that is because Atlanta is 21st in adjusted sack rate with 9.1% and has given up 28 sacks on the year. Also giving up, which well, I guess which translates to two and a half sacks per game, which is mm-hmm. 23rd in the league. They're giving up a ton of sacks, partially because their O-line is not great, yeah. but also because they their run game is pretty much non-existent at this point. I mean, they don't really have much of a run game. They don't really, you know, like you said, with, with the Brian Hill thing, um, it, it's, yeah, it, it's just bad. It's, um, it's not, it's not really working for them this year. Um, you know, so it's, so yeah, so, so go ahead. One one of the one of the things that the the Falcons have always had in the last two years is is their continuity, but continuity only goes so so far when your players aren't good. Yeah, they, Jake Matthews is good and um, Alex Mack is good, but w- what about the rest? There's, there's just nothing that, that they're just not up to snuff, basically. Yeah. Um, and it, it kills you because the ownership thinks that it's good that they retain the same players, but they're just not doing their job the way that they should be well and and like where well, you have them you know you have them like rank 16th you know so it's just like it's middle of the pack like they're okay right. but they're not great and, and the problem with with 
the problem that I've found with my rankings is that it's tough to put teams where I feel that they should be because everyone else is hurt mm-hmm. or on the COVID list or something is wrong. Um, so like the Falcons, I've had them consistently between 18 and 22 all year, but they're up to 16 this, this last week because of Baltimore and the Cowboys and the Eagles all having nothing basically. Um, Lane Johnson going down, Zach Martin going down, um, um, Ronnie Stanley going down for Baltimore, um, Matt Sakura shitting the bed this year. I know part of that is because his, his knee and it takes a couple of years to get back to, to feeling well, you can be physically ready, but mentally is a whole nother thing. And I, right. I, I dealt with that myself too. Um, so I, I, I feel for him, but I can't rank them above the Falcons, even though they're not great, but yeah, it just is it, what it is. Tough. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and and so that run game, like I was saying, like that run game being so non-existent, um, and, and what I'm about to say, like I, I will caveat, like the the Falcons have with Matt Ryan have kind of traditionally been pass heavy, but but the lack of a run game is really forcing them uh, to to be even more pass heavy. You know, and they're throwing the ball 38.9 times per game, which puts them at eighth in the league, and and that number jumps up to 40.8 when uh per game when they're at home which they are this week so you know i should we should be expecting a lot of passes a lot of uh um a lot of plays hopefully to, to julio and and calvin Ridley's calvin Ridley and calvin Ridley's playing this week right? ridley's in i don't know about yeah. julio yeah um, you know so olamides ekamias uh russell gage whoever else they're going to decide to throw it to um you know the opportunity is is there um for, for those guys but at the same time New Orleans is now first in adjusted sack yards or adjusted sack rate. And and for a while, Washington was holding that and Pittsburgh was holding that. Pittsburgh has yep. the most sacks just on pure sacks, but in the adjusted sack rate, New Orleans has now jumped to number one in the league. And so w- with 9.7% and with, with 33 yep. sacks on the year. So they're, they're getting after it. Um, almost quietly getting after it. I, yeah. I actually played golf when I was in Arizona last week with a bunch of guys from New Orleans and a bunch of Saints fans. And, and you know, as much as we talked about Taysom Hill and Mike Thomas, a.k.a. Slant Boy, um, you know, I was like, man, that defensive line is, is killing it. And I'm, I'm going to talk about Trey Hendrickson a little bit later in the show. Dude, um, he, he, he's, he's, he's the quiet one. He's, the, yes. he's had a, a monster yeah. year. Yes, and everyone talks about Cam Jordan, and everyone yep. talks about the rest of that defense. Marcus Davenport, the third-year player, is legit, and so he's going to get after the Falcons this week. And and, and also, you know, that besides the pass rush, that defense, that defensive line is stuffing the run twenty-four point three percent of the time. You know, yep. so that's almost a quarter of the time you're getting no love, you know, from that yep. defensive line on, on your run play. So couple that with a not great, not efficient run game bunch of pass plays that are going to be called it's not going to look good at all in my opinion for the falcons this week though i think by sheer volume matt ryan still has the volume there but i just i don't see it with um with them being that efficient with them you know doing that well this week yep and i'm i am uh i just picked up ito smith in one of my leagues because i traded for todd earlier this year and ticking myself and um so I'm actually starting 
Ito Smith over both Todd Gurley and Brian Hill because of how good the defensive line is for the Saints. Um, Ito Smith is that pass-catching satellite style back, and he's the one that's going to be able to get your points this week, just like he did last week. Yeah, yeah. And so um, before we move on to to your next uh, offensive line advantage, you know, we we – um, one, I need to shout out Fantasy Dukes for hooking us yes. up with this amazing yeah, this frame, background, beautiful. the whole setup. Got the bat signal going on for, for the dynamic duo here. Yeah, so, I wish we, I wish the the viewers could see that because it is amazing. Yeah, it's killer. And I'm trying to set it up so you can at least see most of it. But, yeah. but shout out to the to Fancy Dukes. He, he does an amazing job with, with all the graphics for our team, or at least the you know the vast majority of the graphics yeah. for, for all the undroppables. And he does have a question that I think you know is worth asking um here here for for dfs you know is henry going to be going to be chalked this week for dfs because of the situation and because it's now december and it's time for henry to eat yeah um you know i i'm not a huge dfs person i'm i live in missouri and missouri sucks so i i can't even do monkey knife fight um arizona i was so mad when i was there last week it's like what the fuck so i I, I'm not a, a huge uh, guy into that stuff just by default. So, you know what? I, I think he is chalk, but I, I think because of the Cleveland matchup, some people might be uh, might shy away from that a little bit. They might think that, oh, Miles Garrett's on the other side. It's going to be an okay game. Like you said, um, ESPN and Yahoo don't have that green yes. light-up matchup. So that it might be a little um, – it might not be as chalky as as, as the experts might think. Um, right. Uh, let me go pull up DraftKings here and see. Yeah, I was what, doing the same thing. I was gonna look. <laughs> who's fastest? Um, opponent rank. The Browns have as the twentieth. So, um, you know, it might not be as chalky. People might throw Dalvin Cook in there. Nick Chubb. Yep. Um, James Robinson obviously has a pretty good matchup. You got going against Minnesota. Uh, don't, I don't even want to. I mean, I, Kamara has Kamara has a wonderful matchup. I'll put it that way. Yes, and if, if, if that's not, the type of DFS player you are, you might yeah. be uh, uh, tempted to start Kamara. But if yeah. you saw my but, meme last week, Taysom Hill is now the RB one. Yeah, 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 Taysom Hill has a wonderful matchup. Kamara is Kamara. Yeah. Um, Latavius Murray has a wonderful matchup. Yes. Um, I think I'm starting him in one of my superflex spots this week because oh. I'm not. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm my backup. My next quarterbacks were Mullins and Fitzpatrick. So kind of uh, yeah. Dak. Dak went down in that league, and uh, yeah, I think Joe Burrow I had in that league too. So, oh. um, hoping Latavius Murray does what he did last week. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> gonna be. Uh, I could see it. You know, you know, because it, it's. With Drew Brees there, we saw how Kamara, you know, was really making hay, uh, you know, and, and that was really yeah. with the checkdowns and the, and the short passes. And I guess I don't know. I I, I know Taysom's probably well, – there's no way he's going to be even close as accurate as Drew Brees, one of the most accurate passers in the league. Um, but it, it's been interesting to see how they've decided to use Taysom um, and, and Kamara and, and not giving the same kind of checkdowns just because, like, you know, maybe you don't want to throw it deep, you know. Right. but. Um, handing it off to Latavius to seem to work for them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think last week we saw them try to scheme a, a few more screens up to Kamara, but Taysom Hill kind of hit him in the feet on a couple of them, and he 
they um I don't know who was calling that game, but they outlined it really well where if he didn't if Taysom Hill didn't hesitate on that first one, he actually would have had a pretty good play. He just Taysom Hill double pumped and he ended up throwing the ball at his feet. The next play, he actually hit him on time, but the defense knew it because they called two screens in a row, one to the left and then the next one to the right, because you know, who does that? Like what right. what even is that? Like you don't think they're gonna be ready for it. The screen is is called situationally, so you don't think the the defense is going to be ready for it. But um, I'm just uh, I'm just sad. I've been trying to trade Kamara all week in my league, and I'm getting nothing. nothing? Oh, Chirps. Just the name alone, and even, I know especially for dynasty league too, right? So uh, mine. Um, I'm talking about my redraft. Redraft. League. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, yeah, that, that sucks. Is shitty. And, and if you are getting offers, I'm guessing it's definitely not value. You're not getting the value. No. That you want. Um, I think earlier, God, I let me pull up a text message really quick. Um, it was Josh Allen and Le'Veon Bell for Kamara. That was early in October when Josh Allen was still going good. But I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, this is just insulting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. Um, all right, we'll 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 quit rambling here. I'm gonna move on to. Uh, yeah, who's your, we'll who's move, your next we'll, matchup? We'll move we'll move past Kamara. Um, <laughs> I'm getting depressed a little bit. Um, so let's see here. My my next offensive line matchup, and we've we t- we've touched on these guys a little bit. Is is the Colts against Houston? Um, now, part of the problem with Jonathan Taylor has been offensive line blocking and it has been him seemingly closing his eyes and running into the back of his offensive line. And I I think part of that um, is because he's not used to this running out of shotgun scheme going left to right. Mm -hmm. Um, He's used to running an eye formation, single back stuff, hitting the hole and making one guy miss. And he's he's used to that old school Shanahan one cut scheme. Yes. Um, and that's just not what the Colts are doing right now. Um, you've seen him shine a little bit when he can he can show his true talent and, and hit a hole and, and go, but um, it's not working all the time because of those things. So, yeah. um, But this week, Houston is giving up one of the most adjusted line yards per carry in the league. Um, they've just been a bad run defense overall. I guess I, I mentioned this in the article a little bit. They, they're missing DJ Reader. Um, they lost him in the offseason. He was he was one of their big run stoppers. Um, went to Cincinnati and he got hurt. But um, I think part of the problem too is, has been Ryan Kelly. And um, I know Tommy hasn't been too kind to Mr. Anthony Costanzo there at left tackle. He's 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 not a good uh, run blocker either. But yeah. I think if there was a game where Jonathan Taylor was going to smash, it's this one. Um, he didn't have COVID last week. His um, girlfriend, his had girlfriend COVID. did. In where she me, yeah right <laughs> um and he so he he was he did he didn't actually have the effects of covid um like miles garrett did or like trent brown does um so he's he's fresh coming off a week where no one really excelled last week no one really uh took over that lead back role so i think they're going right back to jonathan taylor i think this is a this is one of their smash games um for for taylor trying to speak it into existence here yes no uh, <laughs> keep, it, keep doing it I, i'm loving it um, right there with you brad so 
And I think part of it is because Ryan Kelly, he's their center. He just got a big contract this offseason. He has not been what he has been in the run game. Um, yeah, Quentin Nelson's one guy, just like you said, Cleo Mack. Um, he, can't, he can't one carry the – Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal fucking He's phenomenal. Guy. Yeah, but he's one he guy. Can't, he can't carry the whole offensive line by himself. Like Ryan Kelly, it, it's, it's, he kind of detailed it. You can see it in the under review that Tommy did – couple weeks ago about Jonathan Taylor um their replacement I haven't I didn't break down last week's game but it can't be any worse than Ryan Kelly's been Uh so I think just like you said um I think Jonathan Taylor is gonna have a a really nice game this week we'll see what new Lauren Rivers can do um I think he's way past El Dente but um you know he can he's still getting Michael Pittman involved which I like I like to see that um and you know, Ty has been—he—he's—he he's, looked—he looked like the old Ty okay. last week. What, was um, it last week or the week before we got his first touchdown? Was that last week? Um, let me pull it up here quick. I got him in the club championship. You know, my team would have been uh, absolute rock stars in the 2018 season, but uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh-huh. 2020. So I love that club championship. I'm killing it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> you, we play this week. Do you know? That? I know. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I forgot to mention it. <laughs> um. So you know, I'm 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 rooting for Ty this week. It was last week that he scored his first touchdown. Um, he's he's been he's been okay, but I think I think this week is is their smash game this week. Now the 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 thing is, you know, you say any any given Sunday, the Colts and the right. Texans are divisional rivals. This thing can can swing at the just like any any pendulum. Um, yep. Right now, the Colts have the advantage, but come game time, JJ Watt can do what. JJ Watt has done and take over the game and and it can be that that can be the game. Um, yeah. But I think they lean on Jonathan Taylor this week a lot more than they they have been, and we get we get what Jonathan Taylor has always been at Wisconsin. You know, and I, and I think you're right too about last week. Um, you know, uh, about no one really did enough to like really like take over. And and when I did that under review about Jonathan Taylor, uh, some of the comments I was getting, I was like, well, what about Jordan Wilkins? Jordan Wilkins had a great game, like. Okay, cool. You can, you know, like any, any even Sunday, you know, or uh, a squirrel finds a nut, you know, like it, yep. it could happen. So Jordan Wilkins, you know, he's all right. He he's all right for the NFL. You know, he's he's probably in real yep. life just a phenomenal athlete, but it's the NFL, so it's a little different. And yep. you know, uh, yep. he didn't do shit. Um, Naheem Hines still got his because Naheem Hines is a pass catching back. back. Yep. Yeah, he's that third down back. So we 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 can still expect to see him involved in the pass game and still get his. His touches and still, you know, you know, possibly get double digit fantasy points. But, you know, if they're if they're gonna give Jonathan Taylor at least eighteen to twenty touches this game, like yep. they should. Like they should, Frank Reich. I know you're watching this podcast, okay? <laughs> so fucking give Intently. him the ball, give him the ball, and, and and watch him do his thing. But but yeah, I think uh, it'll be. I, I think Jonathan Taylor too will be interesting this off season. One to see if they keep Philip Rivers. Two to see if they adjust. Uh, that run scheme like you're talking about yeah. where it's so much out of the shotgun and it's so much on these outside runs, you know, and give them more zone and, and, and give zone plays and, and get the offensive line blocking up the zone scheme a little bit better. Uh, will be. I think, I think like you said, part of it is, is that Phillip rivers wants to be in the shotgun. He's not as mm-hmm. mobile as he once was. His dropbacks, not what it once was. Yeah, so it's easier for him. Um, it's easy. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Um, so how about, uh, how about your? Do you have a do you have a second defensive line? Yeah, matchup here. 
you shot on my team. I'm gonna shot on your team. Also. Hey, yeah, I was waiting for it. I was I was gonna say something about it earlier, and you know the Eagles have been absolute trash this year. But absolutely uh, trash. You know, so so um, let's start there. I'll uh, take it. Twenty uh, ranked by Brad Wire. Exclusive rankings by Brad Wire. Uh, not uh, updated yet, but will be updated. So they're twenty first I mean, overall. They might the drop a little line. more. <laughs> so they're twenty one plus. Uh, uh, <laughs> they, they they can get you into that nightclub. Uh, for Brad Wire's rankings as as an offensive line unit, um, has them twentieth in in the pass rush and twenty second. Sorry, in the pass block and twenty second in run blocking. Uh, going up. Uh, what else do you add? So Philadelphia is also bottom half of the league uh, in adjusted line yards with 4.24 and with adjusted sack rate. Let me scroll all the way, all the way to the bottom. And they are the worst in the league with adjusted yeah. sack rate. At I believe they've given up the most sacks in the, in the league as well. 46 sacks on the yep. year. Sorry for going like this to make that <laughs> But forty six sacks. No, it's no one has, said it's, it's deserved. I mean, no one even has forty. They're the only ones in the forties. Yeah. The highest after that is thirty eight by Cincinnati, Cincinnati, which is why Joe Burrow is no longer playing yeah. this season. Yeah. And um, so they, they were going, neck and neck. They were neck and neck. Cincinnati and the Eagles, and uh, yeah. yeah, they believe this last week they they pulled ahead. Um, <laughs> it, like you said, it, it's deserved. It's not good. And going up against uh, the Packers. And the yeah. and so on the flip side, yep. the Packers are pretty damn good. I, I wrote a, I wrote about them at I believe at least once this season yep. uh, in Unsung Heroes. Um, but they they just they were top ten. They they've actually fallen off a little bit recently. So they're now eleventh in adjusted sack rate with six point eight percent, twenty-four sacks on the year. And as far as the run uh run stopping. Um, that's where it definitely drops off a little bit. There, they're twenty fourth. They're they're definitely getting towards the bottom of the league. Not um, <clears throat> and what's their stuff rate? Their stuff rate same twenty fourth. You know, so it's <clears throat> it's looking. You know, on on the run game, if if Miles Sanders um, can be everything that that uh, our buddy one on one chalk wants him to be. Um, Dude, I want him to be that same way too. Yeah, um, you too. Yeah, every uh, uh, Trav T Seal uh, from True North Fantasy Football, friend of the podcast. Um, you know, all, all all my Philadelphia Eagles fans out there. I, I know. Uh, you, you shout out the guys of the of the Dynasty Rewind. They're they're all. Uh, I know Mike Bauer and Porkman are big Eagles yep, fans. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it, that? Uh, what's that shirt you got on there? Is that this is, is that this Dynasty is Rewind? Repping yeah, the Dynasty, sweatshirt. Yeah, uh, you know. This is, go the other way because I'm bad at podcasting. Um, <laughs> um, their sweatshirt is one of the softest in the game, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some undroppables gear. But uh, you know, this was this was the podcast really that brought me into Dynasty. So yeah, I had to rep them. Had to, you know, and 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 at this point, I mean, I, I'm really wanting this uh, this unsung heroes logo on a. Hat. Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, that'd be I, that'd be legit. Give that'd be a, pretty sick. A, I you know flex fit. Uh, Oh, large XL like yep. this. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do snapbacks. I'm not a snapback guy. Uh, I'll, I'll rock them both, you know. But I just I, I need it has to be black. I, I have like yeah. a million black hats. Um, this one rocking. I don't know if you see it. It's Rode. It's all black on black. Uh, Rode microphones. Yeah, um, not sponsored by Rode microphones, but would love <laughs> to be sponsored by Rode microphones. If you guys are listening out there, Rode has incredible products for podcasting, and they're putting out a ton. 
of new gear for podcasters. So free plug road. Yeah, um, you're gonna have to pay me for the next one. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it's Green Bay. The the Smith brothers, the Smith brothers, um, are are killing it. Um, they're they're as a unit, they're they're just all over the place. And so you know, uh, I believe PFF definitely had them top ten. I believe they were as high as like five or six uh, coming into the season. A little bit better last year than they are this year, but things are just looking great uh, for the Packers to absolutely dominate in the trenches, uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, it's as, as a game um, and as far as like starts or sits, um, it's hard to sit Miles Sanders. It really is, but yep. you may want to consider it. And um, I, I saw a tweet. Uh, I retweeted, so I kind of forgot. Um who who tweeted it but you know they're talking about that i think it was the wide receiver yeah it was the wide receiver coach for the philadelphia eagles talking about like oh Jalen rigger is due for a breakout game and i was like yeah we've all been yeah. waiting for it like where is it can can we get that you know and but at this point if you if you have the the, the playoffs locked up if you have the asterisk by your name and you're ready to go it's you know it might be a good matchup throw Rager out there if you need to but if 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 you don't uh, I definitely wouldn't be starting him I wouldn't be taking that risk definitely wouldn't yeah. be taking a risk with Alshon Jeffrey I don't think anyone was ever starting Alshon this week, year though no. um, and, and Travis Fulgham is the same thing you might as well just like Jack says just like throw him off a bridge or or shoot him in the outer space or whatever you know it's it's yeah it's not good and, and then Carson Wentz. Um, you know, we, we see on our team, there's there's definitely some, um, I think, some closeted Eagles fans, too, that are really putting their neck <laughs> out for Carson. And I think he he's he's legit, you know, in, in Dynasty. I think we still we got to check our Dynasty rankings, but we, we still might have him top 10. Um, you know, and um, Jemmo earlier was asking if uh, Mitchell Trubisky had a good offensive line, would he be great? And, and it was just like Carson Wentz. He's shown flashes of greatness. He had a, the great 2017 and um, Frank Reich leaves to go to Indianapolis, who we've mentioned, and things are just—it's just a, a a ball collecting shit rolling downhill. Yep. Um, and, and that's what 2020 has turned into for the Eagles. They're an over-the-cap team, over-age, um, injury-riddled, and it, it's just what it, like I—you can't blame Carson for everything. He, right. he has, he's been bad, but it's 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 everyone. It's a collective group, and um, Carson. It took he stood up in front of the team this week and, and took responsibility for everything. But who I haven't seen anyone else taking responsibility for anything. There's no Doug Peterson taking responsibility. Hi Roseman's been disgusted. He's left. Um, Jeffrey Lurie has has started skipping practices and games because he's disgusted. It's like it's it's, it's everyone. It's not just Carson yeah. Wentz. Um, but um, going back to Miles Sanders, I think um, if he gets 18 to 20 touches, like you said, Jonathan Taylor should. And like Monty did last week, I'm I'm still rolling him out in my starting lineup because of the rushing uh, yeah. deficiencies that the that Green Bay has had. True. Um, you've seen him show his burst in Pittsburgh. Um, so th- I this is more it's you can this is my thoughts on it. This is more of a passing game advantage for Green Bay than it is run game. Obviously, they're bad in the run game, but. Philadelphia hasn't always been good in the run game either, but I'm still starting Miles Sanders this week, at least on my team. Yeah, yeah Green Bay is 24th, so close to the bottom of the barrel in, in stuff rate uh, as a defensive line too. So 
yeah, this this may be a good week to to fire up Miles. Yeah. Um, I, I think um, like the Raiders, they they need a run game, like a lot of teams to be honest. Yeah. Um, but they need a run game to be to be proficient yeah. in order to open up the pass game, in order to give a little bit more time, a little bit more opportunities uh, for Carson to do something. And, and Miles is amazing talent, so it's. Again, like you said, with with like you said about what I said about Jonathan Taylor, yeah, yeah. they need to give him the ball to give him the opportunity to get there. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I, I definitely, um, yeah. So let's let's go with the you know start Miles Sanders, sit the rest of the the wide receivers yeah. there, and then Carson Wentz is like, if you need him, then you have to. Um, but I, I did double check our dynasty rankings, and as a consensus, we have Carson at fourteen overall. So we're not. Um, we're not totally off of them. Polly has them the worst at twenty one, so Polly's off of them. But I think the rest I'm of sure, the, the talents there. But I'm sure Term is still the highest. Um, Let me check. I, uh, who is the highest? Is actually our boy uh, Jake B song BZB is still the highest at nine. But his rankings are little little outdated. Term is definitely uh, on the most updated rankings. Term is the highest at, at eleven. So. Okay. Um, yeah, we've we've heard term get a little fiery in the group chat about yeah. Um, oh, what's he, up? Uh, yeah, T Steel from... joined up. Yeah, buddy, what's up, Trav? He must have heard his uh ears. His ears are burning. <laughs> 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 yeah, talking about firing him up. Uh, you know, you shout out to Trav to uh, one of our one of our really longtime friends uh, for the podcast for both Undroppables and Two on One, and uh, yeah, glad to glad to see me in here. He also gave us. A lot of help to set up this stream yard um, and get us going. So yeah, shout out to you, Trap. Thanks for uh, yeah. thanks for all the help and, and the hookup as always. But um, yeah, man, it, it's 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 going to be interesting this week. And and you know, for long term, I think the Eagles can really turn it around. That offensive line has a lot of talent. I mean, Jason Kelsey is one of the best uh, in the league. It's yeah. just you know, it's, sometimes it's, it, it just it, it's a weird year anyway, you know, yeah. and, and and that's that's definitely going to be a tweet I'm going to send out in the offseason is like, you know, for the guys that you ended up being really down on this year, that didn't have a great of, of a year this year. You need to remember, especially for Dynasty, that what this year really was with COVID yeah. and, and going into this year, I think we all were very cautious about that and we're all talking about it. But as you get lost in the hoopla of the season, you get all excited. I think we've all kind of tend to forget a little bit, yeah. you know, that these guys might not be playing this well because of the situation that's going on and not everyone's going to yeah. be as good. But again, like, like term says by the dip, you know? And so when those guys get yeah. lower in value and people start to fade them, that's when you want to pick them up for dynasty leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's been a weird year, especially for the Eagles offensive line. It, you, you Lane Johnson just came out and said that he's been dealing with, um, I believe, some ankle stuff that he's had some stuff floating around his ankle that he hasn't cleaned up, and he's, he's finally going to get done, that done. Um, Dillard being lost, and then uh, Peters moving back to left tackle infuriated the hell out of me. Um, I called from the beginning that I, I was hoping Mylotta would, yeah. would start at left tackle, and he's done a tremendous job there, but Peters is is – Three years over the hill. Um, he he did okay in that Super Bowl season, but he he, he just needs to hang up the cleats. Um, yeah. Sometimes you know when you're done, and sometimes you don't. And I think he's he's more in it for the money at this point, to be honest, which sucks. But 
And it's going to be interesting this off season too, because we've already <laughs> already started uh, mock drafts uh, in a couple <laughs> for a couple of the undroppables <laughs> crew. And you know, one thing I am seeing is, is as much talent that's out there at the wide receiver position. The quarterbacks are pretty good too. There's a lot of offensive tackles that are available yeah, this year. Yeah, you know, so I think you're going to see a lot of guys come in that could easily replace a lot of these older guys that, like you're saying, yep. Brad, are just kind of hanging on and really yep. you know, might be time to hang it up. Like like our buddy Costanza over there. At yes. Yep, I was just gonna. That's the first person <laughs> I thought pulled into my mind. Um, he he was he almost didn't come back for this year either, but um, he got talked into coming back and he signed a two year deal. But I think, um, if I remember correctly from, from his contract details, that I think he's got an out. Um, and he even even the Colts have an out. I don't think he's got a. I don't think he's got a cap hit for next year if they mm. cut him. So, so, so what I was going to go look when you said that, I was like, okay, let me go check our, our contract database that we have. You know, I've, I've talked to Dan about this. Yeah. I don't know if we have like, we don't. Defense line, no we skill don't. positions, huh? Okay. Dan's got some homework. If you're still, yeah. if you're still watching Dan, you got some homework for this off season is expand that contract database, but that database is sick and it's it awesome. super awesome. And especially for any dynasty player, that is yep. killer information to have to get that right value to figure out who not just is going to be gone next year, but who might be coming up on a contract year that you might want to get like Robert Woods, who I talked about in under review this week is next year is a contract year for him. Cause he does have, he is an unrestricted free agent in 2022. So you might want to pick him up for win now teams this year and next year, he might be having some good, uh, good next couple of seasons. So, you know, with that, Brad, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, let's kick it on to the, uh, the, the crown jewel of the first episode, right? Yeah. Um, so we, doing this first episode, we, we kind of thought of something that would headline the the first one, and, and this is our origin story, but we wanted to do something um, that we haven't done before in the in the Unsung Heroes article that we we think is is needed at this point, because we've, we've gone through a, a good part of the season, right? So um, outlining who's done well enough to earn on, all pro honors, in our minds, um, so we'll we'll start off with with our first team All Pro selections so far through 12 weeks in the season, um, and I'm going to kick this off at the at the mainstay left tackle position. Um, you know, you guys you got guys like David Bakhtiari who's who's missed time, and um, and he's always he's he's the top graded PFF tackle overall this year. But um, you could you could choose Tunsil who's who got that massive deal. And he's had a wonderful season, but I think um, you kind of mentioned this in the same light that you said Colton Miller. Um, mm-hmm. He's had he's one of the he's had one he's definitely had his best year this year. But I think um, another meteoric rise player has been Garrett Bowles for the, for the left tackle for the Denver Broncos. Um, he's right up there in there in the PFF grades. I'm not a huge PFF person, but it's just the easiest place for me to get names sometimes. Um, He's given up zero sacks this year, and he has been an absolute dominant force. Um, he's still got some penalty issues. He's working the kinks out there, but um, he's he's one of the ones that's that's keeping that that Broncos team anchored. Um, they got some problems at the right tackle spot, but you you don't hear his name often uh, yeah. near as much as as you did in the years in years past. I know, uh, Tommy. I'm sure you used to hearing him a little bit because of of the interdivisional games with the Raiders, but uh, yeah. You don't hear him as much anymore, which is is a good thing for offensive linemen. So, 
Yeah, usually um, if you hear it, something's happened. <laughs> it's, it's something's like, wrong. My my dad and I communicate, and if 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 no news is good news. Yes. So that's that's what's what it's a mantra for offensive alignment too. Um, Gear Bowles is uh is, is is lighting it up this year, I think. So yeah. Um, I'll kick this I, off. I like to, that. You know, and you would think um you would, you know you would think Drew Locke would be playing a little bit better with such yeah, a great I mean, left tackle, but Drew Locke um, is just uh just Drew Locke. Yeah. He, but, he's but, he, I mean Jack is Jack says he's elite, right? You know, there's no there's never any sarcasm in Jack's tweets, is there? <laughs> <laughs> subtle, subtle. Yeah, you gotta you gotta weed through it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's um that was one of the main issues though with the Broncos yep. uh, last year and then definitely coming into this year was was the offensive line and I think you know people again the average person the average analyst on on ESPN and TV you know they're gonna look at Drew Lock they're gonna look at uh, Melvin Gordon and Phil Lindsay and blame them for so much stuff but all of that really starts at the offensive line and if you don't have blockers if you don't have people yeah. that are stopping these fantastic defensive players and not just D-line, but, you know, they're bringing in safeties, they're rolling down people, they're, you know, Buda Baker's all over the place. It's, it's, it, yeah, you've got Jamal to Adams is Jamal, Jamal, what did I see? It was like Jamal he, Adams is up there on sacks. Like he's on the sack list, you know. With he like he is Seattle's pass rush. He's, he's yeah. their only pass rush. Yeah, it's insane, you know, and so you, you got to have offensive linemen that are able to block these guys because they're just coming from all over the place at this point. Yeah. And, and, and I, I know it as a defensive coordinator for like, 10 year olds i was like <laughs> blitzing guys all over the place and throwing like all kinds of slants uh, these guys are just running wild now with with yep. with uh, the amount of like talent and these athletes that they have uh in the nfl and so um you know speaking of talents and speaking of athletes my my first team all pro selection you know definitely up there for defensive player of the year and i'm not talking about aaron donald i really think that it it should go to tj watt this year um easily the most dominant edge player in the game right now, <clears throat> totally overtaking uh, his brother, uh, JJ, and, and just being a, a force on a, an incredible defensive unit for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, he, right now he's got 11 sacks leading the league, uh, 19 tackles for loss, which is incredible, and, and adding 30 solo tackles to begin with. And so someone that rushes uh, the edge so much as he does, um, to also just be able to be a linebacker that is getting yep. out there and making tackles on his own is also phenomenal. Add in one interception with six passes defended. So it's just he's doing everything. You yeah. know, he he's a he's the bigger Jamal Adams on the defense and yep. you know on the edge and, and doing it. So um he when when you know you propose that we we pick some all team selections this year, that was my easy number you know i was like oh, easy chalk. easiest easiest pick yep. right there it was tj watt he, he definitely deserves it um you, you see that he's starting to get um a little bit of that jj watt get your hands up pass deflections type of things um i think he's adding that to his game and uh it's it, it's it's beautiful to see tj watt out of wisconsin doing what he's doing, you know, always, mm-hmm. always love them Wisconsin boys. Um, so I'm going to go inside a little bit here. Um, okay. my left guard spot moving right down the line. Uh, we saw him, we saw him miss a few games this year, but we saw what Tampa Bay was without him. And just like Dak Prescott, you see kind of 
what they are without those types of players. Allie Marpet for the Buccaneers really gave them an edge up front. Yeah. Um, Ryan Jensen is, is, is amazing in his own right, but Al, when they lost Allie Marpet, you, show, you see you saw what happened to Tom Brady in that offense when he wasn't there. Um, he returned last week. I think uh, it was Stoner that pulled up that video tweet of him blocking two guys with both of his arms. Um, dude has been an absolute stud this year. I think yep. he's, he's an easy, easy left guard nod. You could argue Quentin Nelson. Obviously, Quentin Nelson's Quentin Nelson, but Allie Marpet gets my, my nod here at the, at the first team. And I like that it's not Quentin Nelson. You know, it's not like the easy pick, you know, it, because it's if you really watch the game, you, you know how how dominant Ali Marpet is. is. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's a great selection. Um, I, I played left guard when I was a offensive lineman in high school. So, you know, being able to pull, being able to to, to kick out and, and, you know, and block uh, defense end or, you know, someone coming off the edge, like you, you it's a multi-talented type of position and, and Ali does it is one of the best that does it um, real quick before I move on to my D tackle um, just saw, you know, I, I don't nice picture Milo uh, just gonna hit that question <laughs> real quick. Julio Jones for Cooper cup and Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. I mean, if that's uh, in reach after dynasty, that's a smash. I think that's, a, yep. that's an amazing trade either way. That's, 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 yeah, that's, if you got that offer, someone offered that to you, that's a, the easiest smash I've ever seen. Yep. Um, I mean, Julio, who knows if he's coming back this year or what um, yeah. what level of health he's going to be at the rest of this year. He's, his hamstring nagging issue, I wish we had Adam here to, to outline that, but I know Julio is getting up there in age, and it's tough to get those things recovered when you're constantly trying to push yourself back to play. Yep. Um, so, that's yeah, that's an easy smash for me, even if Godwin has not – Ben Godwin-esque like he was last year. Yeah, because I'll take it almost for, I mean, in redraft, I'd almost consider it, well, I would say almost consider, well, yeah, I'd almost consider it just for Cooper Cup as it is because, like, yep. who knows where Julio's at and, and the right. season's almost over. So you're still making trades in redraft leagues. Um, one, you got a great commissioner there that lets you draft the entire season <laughs> or lets you trade the entire season. But yeah, um, th that's a good one there. And so, um, so yeah, for, for, for my D tackle, my, my first, uh, first team all pro selection um it, it is going to go to aaron donald i it, it just um I, I can't leave him off of this list i think it's it's way too hard to do that um he, he's such a dominant force and continues to be such a dominant force i think that's part of it for me too is that he's so consistent consistently dominant and um as a defense alignment um you know, I, I'm not working out right now, so not, I'm not in amazing shape. But when you see another defense lineman that has a six-pack, hold on. What? Okay, close the door. When you see, um, sorry, that's my kid. That's okay. I mean, we're uh, we're running an hour longer. Than yeah, I yeah, I know. So. Ooh, we guys should be quicker with this. Um, <laughs> when you see a defense lineman with the six-pack, it's it's you you got to give it to him. And so you know, ten sacks on the year for a D tackle that gets consistently double teamed, if not triple teamed at times. The four uh, forced fumbles and one fumble return, and again one pass defended too. Um, you you can't um, you can't not give it to him. So um, I, I'm going to kick it back to you to do your center. I need to check on what the hell they're talking yeah, about yeah. real quick, but keep it rolling, okay? Get 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 to your real life stuff. Um, so my my center position here. Um, there's a few that are deserving of this, and and we. Again, this, this is this isn't one of those positions that's always highlighted. You you hear of Jason Kelsey, 
you heard of Travis Redrick and his retirement. Um, but guys like Frank Ragnow and Ben Jones, like I mentioned earlier, aren't always headliners in the NFL community and especially in the fantasy community. So um, it was between – for me, it was between Ragnow, Kelsey, and Ben Jones for Tennessee. I'm going the nod with Ben Jones because he's been that glue up front for Tennessee that has – has kept them together even with the loss of Luan and with the loss of Conklin in, in the off season. So um, he has been, he'd been one of the ones that, that has kept Tennessee Titans being the Titans that you've seen all over Twitter with them building that, that roster of John U and, and uh, AJ Brown and, and Hunter Henry. So uh, Ben Jones, Tennessee <laughs> sorry, Titans. what I missed. <laughs> Everything. I, we're, we're done. I wrapped it up. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us. for <laughs> Someone came to my door. I'm here with my kids. It's just me, single dad right now. I mean, I'm not single. I just pull in single dad duty. Um, yeah. Whew, no, I just, I just got done wrapping up uh, the center <laughs> position here with Ben Jones. Uh, ben Jones gets my nod for first team all pro here nice. over uh, over Kelsey. And I, I highlighted Frank Ragnow a little bit. He's a center for the Detroit Lions. He's given up no sacks and he's part of that. Part of the reason why Detroit has been ranked so highly in my rankings. Yeah. But Ben Jones. Nice. Um, whew. All right. I had to run, and then my cat got out, and then I had to go fucking chase my cat. It sounds like you're a little out of breath there. Yeah. I, I, I <laughs> did I did preface earlier that I'm out of shape. I'm fat out of shape. My other defensive tackle <laughs> to add to the list is Fletcher Cox. Um, so I am going to give your your Philadelphia Eagles some yes. love here, um, and he's and he's, he's one of the best. Yeah, I've written about him this year in Unsung Heroes. I've tweeted about him. <clears throat> Excuse me, he he's he's fucking amazing. That's all I got to say. Um, stats wise, he is at five and a half sacks on the year, um, twenty nine total tackles, thirty up oh, thirty. No, that's just yards. Okay, I was like 37 tackles for loss. That's that's an that's unreal. There's no way there's that. He's doing that. 10 tackles for loss, but he's he's all over the board. You know, he I mean yeah. all, all over the place. Um and he he's one of those Aaron Donald types that's getting double teamed every play. And that's why they brought in Hargrave to try and alleviate some of that. And that's why they brought in Malik Jackson to alleviate some of that. And and they haven't Hargrave has panned out a little bit. Malik Jackson was out all of last year, I believe. So Fletcher Cox has always been one of those elite type players and yeah. so consistent, like you said, with, with Donald too. Yeah, super consistent. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to get a chance to do another defensive tackle. So the, another guy that was in the running for me was Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. um, another just dominant defensive tackle. And so, but yeah, Fletcher Cox is just, it, it's amazing to see what him and Aaron Donald do uh, from a defensive tackle standpoint. Um, yeah. Um, uh, when I played, I, I was definitely a guy that was tend to be a little more quick and, and try to, you know, um, was good equally as good in the pass rush as I was a stop in the run. So I love seeing guys like that 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 can do that that um, or, or have quick hands, quick feet, and and can wreck shop um, in, in the trenches so there. So were you one of the ones that actually like got into the backfield, or were you a, a two gapper who stood up and in in red um, cheated? <laughs> no, I, I, I was, I was definitely one that that definitely tried to um, always play one to two yards in the backfield. Yeah. That that was always my goal. Um, you, you talked I'll, in the group chat about being a, a tilted on the center, and that that is yep. one of the toughest 
things to, to go against. But uh, I mentioned the, the cheating two gapper. I hate two gappers. They just <laughs> sit there and, and their job is to just anchor down. And they're always like the, yep. the bigger fat guys who, who they want to eat up blocks for the linebackers. And I just, yeah. And, frustrating. And, you know, I, I they're, they're, they're good at their job. Right. And there's definitely times that that was my role, you know, and mm-hmm. was definitely to take up two blockers. Um, we, we ran a four, two, five in college. So, um, yeah. a lot of it was just built around speed. Our linebackers yeah. were really fast. Our defensive line were actually probably more built like linebackers or fullbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's definitely those times where, I mean, as a nose tackle, that's your job. You're supposed to take up two blockers, let the linebackers scrape and make plays and fill the hole. Um, but I also dropped in coverage on, on, um, on zone blitzes and uh and yeah we loved um love pass rush and so i had a really pretty nice like juke step kind of not really a swim move but more like a cross face <laughs> where you know yep. i wasn't really exposing my uh my, my chest as as... On the, was definitely trying to get get in the backfield yeah. and swim there so that that was definitely my specialty so again watching i mean aaron donald's one of the best at doing that yeah. and so I, yeah i love watching those guys yeah. play it, it uh when i was a, a coach i i kind of dabbled in the defensive line spot because of my knowledge of the offensive line knowing what not to do yeah um it's mm-hmm. not it's not supposed to be a swim yes. exposing this as much as it is is a a punch or like you yes. say a cross face yeah. so you're you're getting less exposure there yeah on the unprotected area because it's not like your pads yep get in the side here um yeah, so, my favorite is the get you with the the head fake and the jab step. So you start <laughs> to move one way and then come right back and slap yeah. your hands and get right over the top. And yeah. you know, there's a lot of defense alignment that are coming up that don't realize like one, it's your it's all your hands. Like you need to yeah. have the fastest hands. Whoever gets your hands on the other guy first, they won. And then it's your feet second. Your feet need to be moving and getting yeah. you upfield. Yeah. Uh I, I have won a few matchups with my feet alone being in position and just using my body. Um as a as a, a pole basically and yeah. without hands but i it's definitely hands first um yeah, yeah whoever gets hands on that's yeah they pretty much won matchup's done yeah. um moving along here um i've mentioned this guy a little bit earlier my right guard spot has also missed some time and that's why it teller um it was between him and zach martin zach martin's obviously one of the best offensive linemen in the league no doubt hands down but uh, Teller without with Browns without Teller weren't the Browns. Yeah, uh, the Browns without Nick Chubb more obviously weren't the Browns either. But mm-hmm. um, it was it was it was Wyatt Teller as well. Um, he hasn't given up very many sacks. I think the total on the year is two or three, um, and one of them was last week. I think he had one the game he returned as well. <laughs> but his dominance on the ground, and that's what you're supposed to be at the right guard spot. Is, is you're you're a dominant on the ground, big body, big mauler player. And that's yep. what Wyatt Teller is. He's an, he's an aggressive big mauler. Um, it's, it's an easy, easy call here for me at right guard. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And, and I mean, Zach Barr, it's it just, yeah, it's, it's almost tough too, because there's, and I think these guys will easily make second team, right. If, if we're picking yeah. it. Yeah. They, yeah. It's just, um, the, the, the offensive line talent is, is so good. I mean, just the talent across the league is so good, but then, I don't know about you, but then it cracks me up to then see guys um, not know their fundamentals or not practice their fundamentals, you know, mess up blocks, mess up steps, mess up that first jab step, whatever it is. And it's like, come on, guys, like yeah. you're, you're supposed to be the best, you know? Yeah. Um, who oh, who was um, 
There was I, I played for um, for a uh, an NFL player in college. Um, he was on the field when um, he's on the field when Tony Romo botched that snap and the and the oh shit yeah on a, yeah on a KT yeah. Um, Yep. So his name is Al Johnson. Um, he coaches for a little school in Oklahoma. This now he's a head coach there, but um, he played with Larry Allen. Nice for the Cowboys nice. and one of the best. So you you see you hear the stories that that my old coach tells about Larry Allen, and all he did on the sidelines was was work on his little his two steps, his first two steps over and over again, and that's the fundamentals that that guys sometimes they just forget about mm-hmm. because you, you get to, you get to doing all of this and everything else you get to worry about everything else that's, that's going on. And you just forget about those, those things that actually like make you, that get, they get you where you, where you yeah. are. Yeah. Um, they got you there. It was those fundamentals yeah. and that. Yeah. yeah. And being so expert at that. To, to know that the guys of that caliber and his talent level do that over and over again, um, really puts it in perspective. Yeah, I think we. A, yeah, we, we did a have a question. Here. Let's let's throw that up there. Uh, must win to make playoffs. Full PPR bench one. Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks, or Robert Woods. Ooh, you want to take this one first? I'll, I know I got my opinion here. You know, I can't. Uh, I'm at the point where I can't bench Robert Woods anymore. Yep. Um. That that's just my thought. Even even going up against Arizona, um, he it's it's just it's just too hard. I mean, Brandon Cooks is going to be one of those where he's getting a lot more work with uh, with Fuller out now. But um, but you know I don't know. Um, Indianapolis has been good in the past game um, on defense, so that one's tough for me too. Um, Deontay has been getting hyper targeted. Um, I mean, that pretty much a, the wide receiver one, one now. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't really argue against it. He's getting what like eight, nine, ten targets a game. Mm-hmm. Um, eight, nine, ten catches a game. Um, Washington. I think I'd have to bench Cooks here. That that's my um, that's my pick too. Um. What I what I looked at in under review this week with with Robert Woods is that uh, not only is he the wide receiver one, but it's the way that McVay is manufacturing targets for Robert yeah. Woods, and that's why I think he's a, he's a definitely a must uh, a must own and in a win now type of team um, because he's they're, they're going to get him the ball. And, and what I also showed in under review is that their golf forces it to him too. Even there's like two uh, yeah. of the twelve targets that Robert Woods got last week, there's at least two plays where he forces those targets to Woods instead of hitting a wide open Gerald Everett. And so that's, he's going to be the guy. security blanket. Exactly. Deontay Johnson is definitely taking over as the wide receiver one. Um, People definitely called that going into this year. um, You see them scheming plays all the time for him. He's, he's the one that's catching those, those quick screens, those, uh, the smoke screens. Um, I, I personally think Juju's still a better receiver and a player. Yeah. But sometimes when you are the wide receiver one, you get all the coverage. And it's, they don't – and like you said, they're scheming those plays for Deontay Johnson. They're doing the same thing with Deontay Johnson that they're doing with Robert Woods. And so um, 
Cooks, yes, a lot of high upside, especially with Will Fuller out. But at yep. this point in the must win to make the playoffs, I personally almost always, but personally would love the I would like to start the higher floor players. And and um, if you're in a situation where you can take the risk of starting a high uh, a high ceiling, a big boom player, then yes, of course, try to throw that guy in there, which Brandon Cooks could be. There could be some deep targets there, but I don't like Brandon Cooks's floor on a weekly basis, and I would not yeah. feel comfortable starting him over these two guys. If if there was, if there was a, if I had to start Brandon Cooks, I I think I would have to sit Robert Woods, um, and I I'm trying to pull up Paulie's. Um, Paulie does wide receiver, cornerback matchups here, and I oh, keep right. Yep, that was a good one. Fat fingering, um, my Twitter account here. So um, here at Unsung Heroes, you get fat fingers and big necks. It's just what yes, you get here. <laughs> that is that is what it is. Um. Let's see. I don't think he has Robert Woods outlined here. Um, I'm trying to see if uh, I don't think so. I'll have to. We'll have to ask Paulie about that. Yeah. Um, um, so I, yeah. I, I think I think Patrick Peterson might be on Robert Woods. Um, I don't. Is Patrick Peter, Patrick Peterson's not out? Is he? Oh yeah, that's a that's a great one. Um, because I. Remember seeing something about Patrick Peterson, but I don't remember if it was just that he's going to take him, take Woods, or that if he was no, he's he's playing. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. so I mean, Patrick Peterson, he he's fallen off a, a little bit of a cliff, but he's he's still up there mm-hmm. in in elite targets. So I think if you wanted to roll out Brandon Cooks, I would be sitting uh, Robert Woods instead of Deontay Johnson because I think Deontay Johnson's floor is higher than Robert Woods. Yeah. Just because of Pittsburgh offense leaning on the pass versus Rams being a more balanced attack. Yeah. So that. Cool. Yeah. I'd first of all I'd sit Cooks. If if I needed the uh, <laughs> if I needed the boom game, I'd be sitting I'd be sitting Woods for Cooks. Right on. All right. So my uh, my my last or second to last uh, edge rusher uh for for making all pro selection and he's not at the top of of the stat chart for for sacks or anything like that or pressures but that's joey bosa and and yes his his seven and a half sacks comes off of three sacks last week against buffalo um who's a pretty decent uh uh, offensive line unit themselves but it's just that he's playing with such dominance and he's playing with such passion and and he, he's, he's aggressiveness he, he, he's just yeah. been he killed it last week and yeah. uh it, it's hard for him i would it's hard for him, me to see him not continuing that yes yes um yeah both the, both the, the way he played are, are phenomenal i yeah. mean it's they're they're both beasts um big bear, the way he played last bear. week was out of this world yeah yeah and 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 so it and it's not even I, my selection for him is is obviously a little bit skewed because of that, but it's not just because of that. You know, it, it, he's been doing it all week. Even like I said, even if the, the stats um, were a little padded by last week, he's <clears throat> he's playing with a passion that that is kind of unrivaled um, right now, and, and and it's showing in this game. So yeah, I got to put Joey Bosa in there for for my second to last edge rusher. And so with yep. with your last uh, the last pick for for right tackle, who do you have? Yep, this one might be a little uh, little scrutinized here, but he's played so well outside of outside of one game where he was featured a lot, and uh, 
when you're featured a lot as a lineman, obviously it's not not a good thing. But that one game where he was featured was against Cleo Mack, and we saw him get ragdolled uh, a time or two in that game. But what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about, is Tristan Wirfs. Um, he was the Tampa Bay's first round selection. I believe he went uh, ten. Um, Top 15, mm-hmm. I believe. I'm pretty sure their pick was 10. Yeah, um, it was up there. Um, but he has just been absolutely dominant outside of that game. Um, you could you could always go with Ryan Ramchek here. I'm, I would be a homer for picking Ryan Ramchek from, from Wisconsin as well. But um, I'm giving it with the, the nod of the rookie here and in, in going with Tristan Wirfs. Um, just what he's done outside of the Chicago game is, is, is at, just as impressive as anyone else. And and I think uh, with unsung heroes, I've tried to like shit on him a couple weeks, <laughs> and like pick him as like my favorite D line yeah. matchup because they're just yeah. gonna like smash on the rookie, and he's held his own. He, he's he's doing really well, dude. He he has had some tough as nails matchups this year. I think um, outside of the Chicago game, he obviously played against uh, the Smith brothers in Green Bay. Um, he was supposed to get Daniel Hunter and uh, Yannick from Minnesota. Um, I think he was gone by that point. I know Daniel Hunter has been out the whole year. Um, there was a couple other ones that he was supposed to get. I think he was supposed to get the, one of the Boses. Um, I believe it was Joey, but he, he's had some tough matchups. He's, he's proven what he's, that he was worth that top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's actually a couple <clears throat> things that I've seen recently that have called for him to be the offensive rookie of the year over anyone else, Herbert and, and who else have you, but, um, I don't think they're going to give it to an offensive lineman, but he's 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 proven his worth. And, and, and it sucks they won't ever give it to an offensive lineman, but sometimes <laughs> they should. I, I've yeah. been seeing some talks of Makai Becton, too, as a rookie, yeah. getting, uh, having a pretty good season, too, but I, I like that he, Tristan Wirfs. He, he has. It, it's tough because they rolled him out in that one Thursday night matchup where he, he shouldn't have played. He had a shoulder injury, and, and uh, he made it worse and had to sit out a few other games. So um, it's tough for him, but playing with the Jets is – it is uh, what it is, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and you know maybe next year is going to be a little bit better if if you know with, <laughs> with or without Gaze, but they they have those two first round uh, draft yeah. picks, and and in my first mock, I think uh, you know if they decide to just cut ties with Darnold, they they have a real shot at yeah. at Trevor Lawrence and and adding um, one of the top receivers uh, later on uh, in that first round, and so you know it, it yeah. could be really well uh, work really well, and we could be you know on the cusp of seeing something great, but. With Gase there, it's, it's just, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen. But then it, it, it could just turn around and, and, and be exactly what Joe Burrow was this year. And Burrow is mm-hmm. good. He's good under pressure. But you said earlier that the reason he's hurt is because of his offensive line. And the Jets are the same way. Um, it's hard to rate yeah. either of them um, ahead of one another. I think I have the Bears at 31 and the Jets at 32 right now. Um, they're just they're just uh, bottom of the barrel team um overall it's mm-hmm. it just sucks so hopefully if they do decide to get lawrence to get him some actual protection some up front yeah and, and there's a ton of um there's a ton of offense alignment if they want to go that way too and just you yeah. know build up all the non-skill positions around yeah. them and and give them some help because again you know, you can have all the talent in the world at the wide receiver, running back, and quarterback, but if you don't have an offensive line that's going to block for you, it doesn't matter. Yep. You might as well just throw them all away or break their their knees like we saw with Joe Burrow. Yep. And so, 
Oh. That's unfortunate, but it's the truth, you know? Yeah. Um, I think they're one of the ones that have the, one of the most um, cap space this year, too. Um, yeah. Uh, Joe Banner is usually he, – he used to be with the Eagles. He's usually one of the – a good one to build up players. Um, and with everyone else, it seems like everyone else is over the cap for next year, the projected cap. They might actually be able to sign some big name free agent offensive linemen. So I hope they do for all those Jets fans out there. I know you Hopefully. hope so too. <laughs> I think we the know only I, one I know is Dynasty Kyle, uh, yeah. that I personally know as a Jet yeah. fan. And so yeah. I, I as as much as he it's, tweets it's, and says like really good stuff, I, I don't ever yeah. see him talk about the Jets because they just a, are such crap. It's a hard knock life. Very hard knock uh, life. <laughs> so with um, that, let's 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 finish it up with the last one. Yeah. Um yep. And I mentioned him earlier, um, way earlier. We we've gone so f- much further along in this pod <laughs> this than we way. ever planned to. But you know, we won't we won't do this uh, all pro selection every week, and we'll definitely keep it a little bit shorter. But you know, yeah, we had to hit think, you with the origin story and, and everything else. Yeah, we'll we'll try and keep it like a, like Tommy's podcast earlier this year, where they were quick hitters, half an hour, roughly yeah, half, half hour, hour forty five minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah, but this is special. It's number one. You know, yeah. we got we got to give you all the good stuff and. And, and kind of just shoot the shit here a little bit because it's first time we're really yeah. talking to each other. So it's, right. I've enjoyed it. I know you. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed it. The people out there that have jumped in and uh, know. you know and joined yeah. us. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as well. But um, let I know me... both of us enjoyed our little uh, as much as as is possible. Besides, you know, the Raiders and the Eagles shit shit storms. But <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's kick it on back to your your last All Pro selection here. My my last one could probably be my first one, um, and that is Trey Hendrickson for the New Orleans Saints, who's the most underrated, phenomenal defensive end out there, in my opinion. The third-year pro from FAU coming out of nowhere. <clears throat> Had a good year uh, last year as well, but just just lighting it uh, on fire this year. Um, you know, Cam Jordan gets all the love, but, but Trey Hendrickson is the one that's really putting up the stats and really making it happen. Um, much like my my um, – one of my favorite defense ends from my own favorite team, uh, Max Crosby, last year putting up those good numbers. We're seeing the same thing from Trey Hendrickson. So he, you know, he has nine and a half sacks on the season, uh, just behind Aaron Donald. Um, Twenty total tackles with ten tackles for loss and another pass deflected. So, yeah, he he's just he's playing really really well, and I hope he gets. Um, the accolades, you know, that he deserves and, and, and gets that first team all pro selection yeah. um, from the league that we're giving them here because uh, I think the guys really earned it and deserves it. It'll be interesting to see uh, how many of these we actually hit on. We'll, we'll do some accountability yeah. later and once these actually get announced and see how bad we actually did. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, I think, uh, gosh, I mean, that's all we got on our list. Um, yeah. You know, I think uh, this has definitely been, you know, like I said, the the, the first one um, uh, bringing you the the audio and visual representation of the written article of, of Unsung Heroes that, that Brad puts together on the Undroppables.com weekly. Always make sure you go and follow Brad Wire at Brad Wire FF. I'm at two on one FFB. Make sure you follow the entire team at the Undroppables on Twitter instagram youtube TikTok, we're everywhere we're gonna get on twitch too we're gonna we're just we're yeah a droppable squad is taking over the world so we're just trying to bring you that awesome fancy football content and uh before without we, next 
with the, <laughs> the no net crew. Um, but you know, before we sign off, Brad, is there anything else you want to say? No, I mean this was a this was a blast. Um, this whole this whole season has been a blast. I know it's been super affected by COVID, and some of it's been frustrating. But um, the group over at the Undroppables is 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 a is so much fun to work with. Um, some weeks it's tough, but you know we're doing this like I said for the love of the game. It's it's always just just doing what we love, and it's for fun. We don't get paid anything, but. Uh, we're doing it for for the people, so that's yeah. It don't just matter. Like Jack said, we love, love it. it. We love it. We love this game. We love talking about fantasy football. That's why we do it. We we um, we're all degenerates. I'm not gonna lie. We we yep. we're fantasy football all day, all day long, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Um, can't get enough of it. And that's why we're bringing you amazing content and, and, and a wealth of content weekly. Um, great, you know, from redraft, dynasty, DFS. Offense alignment, defense alignment, the weather report, you know, by Minshew yep. Brofist. It's just we're bringing it all to you. And, and, and we're contract database, keep, the injury yeah, tracker. All, the injury tracker, too. I forgot to talk yep. about that one by our man, Adam Hutchinson, the best uh, yes. fantasy football doctor in the game, in my opinion. Um, not just because I'm biased, but because that guy's freaking no, good. He's, he's He knows his shit. He's legit. Um, yeah. He's never he's never um, the overhype person. Um, he he takes everything in. He knows his stuff, and he actually gives it to you straight. So yep, um, you're, you're he, never gonna see him drop no. jump in the replies with his <laughs> dropping YouTube links. No, never gonna see that. You know, and and that's again, that's what we're gonna about. You know, yeah. you want to roll with the crew. That's not gonna be all up in your face. Yeah, we're we're gonna be a little we got cocky some at East times. Coast assholes. Yeah, and- <laughs> but and, and some West Coast dicks too. But like, hey, it's all love, and, and we're yes. we're all here for you, the listener. The, the the reader the you know the content's all for you guys and so again go go follow us all follow the team and uh yeah we're gonna keep this up i, I love this live stream i think this is a great idea and yeah. if you guys do too you know if, uh you know, get, leave us a comment send us, us a know. dm let us know what you think and yeah from from uh from california to to missouri you know we're we're here for you and, and the entire uh the entire world we got guys in china too so yep. we're just gonna keep bringing you that fire content so like again Follow us on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Let's let's roll that uh, that intro as the outro because that oh. was uh, that was hype. You like that? Yeah, yeah. I threw that together super quick. So that, I, was, yeah. I was ready for the I was ready for the smoke to come out of the tunnels and <laughs> run out on the field. That's gonna be the next one. I'll, I'll get yeah. us I'll get us hooked up next time <laughs> when we run out. All right, everyone, take care. Peace. Peace out.